Welcome to Chic NYC. I am Melissa Rich, reporting live from the West Village. Oddly enough, I am cat sitting here. My boyfriend's sibling is out of town, and you know, if you know me, you know I'm allergic to cats, and I do this anyway. I don't know. It, I, it's got to be a weird psychological thing where, I, like my friend Carolina, um, if you've seen on my social media, I went to Seattle last weekend. I think, funnily enough. She has taken down her own seafood allergy. Anytime we travel for stand-up, we've gone to Florida, whatever, we always end up eating, like, a massive amount of shellfish, which is, you know, disgusting to watch. And she will load up on Claritin to literally prevent her throat from closing. My cat allergy is not that intense, but I think I have a similarly perverse desire to not be allergic to cats. It's actually, it's so annoying to you know, enter a home, you're sneezy, you're, you know, coughing, eyes are bloodshot. It's, it's not convenient to say the least. And has affected, you know, past dating experiences as well. Nothing like having a one night stand where I'm not even going to get into it. Regardless, I'm all hopped up on Benadryl feeling great. Um, a pretty exciting week in pop culture excited to discuss. Um, but even bigger news first, I (laughs) have not been to Los Angeles since I have been to New York, since I've lived in New York is what I mean. Um, that's coming up on eight years. So it's been a really, really long time. And it's not that I haven't planned trips. It's very weird, especially in comedy, to have not been. Um, I plan on doing my Ashley Simpson 9-11 show there in March of 2020. So we know how that worked out. I planned another trip. I think it was January 2021. Same thing. COVID. Um, I think there was one more trip that fell through or just like the reason I was going. I can't. I don't remember what it was. But... I'm going and it's not for too long because I'm coming back for fashion week, but I'm excited. I'm really, I mean, it's 17 degrees here right now. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited to go anywhere. It's, um, I've had such a kind of (laughs) unfounded disdain for Los Angeles. I think when people leave and move to Los Angeles, I get this sort of like, yeah, stay out, like some sort of like a stupid type of um, aggression towards, which is stu- like so dumb. And so many people have found like amazing happiness there. There's a the quality of life in L.A., I'm sure, superior. Um, but I think I kind of have this. Um, I don't know what it is. So it's going to be interesting. And, you know, maybe part of that has just been, um, you know, a fun bit for myself and I'm gonna love it that would be a hilarious gag if I actually get to LA and I'm obsessed with it um because I you know to me (laughs) it's very binary and you have to pick a side and uh we're on the correct coast right now so I don't know I'm gonna see how I feel though I will say I fucking loved Seattle shocked to my core Uh, you know we got in early the day of the show and left the day after, like, at night. So I felt like I had a decent amount of time there, and I actually thought it was going to be, like, too much time. I couldn't get enough. 
the seafood, everything. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. The nightlife, I will say, like, I, you know, after a show, am I, like, really raring to go out? No. Um, we did anyway. We went to one fun gay bar. It was, like, a divey gay bar. Super fun. And then we went to this. What I loved about the the space as well, it was the venue was in the same building as a hotel. They, it's a genius concept. They have the venue. There's two different venues, and they have a hotel on top. They let performers stay there. It's called Hereafter in Seattle. If you're a performer, look at getting in there because it's amazing. So in that venue, they put us on the list for a reggaeton party. Sure. Down. Of course, Carolina wants to go. The I have not seen children, and by that I mean, you know, probably 20, 21-year-olds, so fucked up you know, up close in the wild in a long time. It was jarring. There it was like, first of all, like 1230. You know, when bars close at two, you forget. Like people go for it. I was like, how did they manage to get this absolutely wasted at 1230? But, you know, the night's almost over. So, there, you know, they were trying to fight but the too too drunk like like swing and miss type fight it was crazy bumping into people it was fun but i was like you know after you do stand up there's something like it's hard to be around the general public like there's you i think just like have a different energy and it's just hard to mesh people don't know how to act around you you don't really know how to act around them it's very bizarre um and usually someone says something oddly offensive to me like someone asked me if I was okay with, like, one of these 24-year-olds who's, like, hitting on us, are you okay with being a millennial? Look, what the fuck kind of question is that, you child? Get away from me. What are you talking about? Neither here nor there. I was not that offended. It was just like, why, why, am, I, why am I out in public right now? It was that kind of vibe. The oysters were amazing. The ferry was amazing. It, I felt like Meredith Grey. It was a blast. It was an absolute blast. So thank you, Seattle. Thanks to anyone who came to that show. Loved meeting all of you after the show. Oh my God, such a sweet, amazing crowd. And actually last night we did whom? So I, you know, I'm on Benadryl and a little hungover is if I'm being perfectly honest with you. We had whomst last night, my show with uh, comedian Ben Leary at Parkside Lounge, an absolute blast. This lineup was my favorite lineup that we've had. And one of my favorite lineups, I think that I've booked on a show ever. We had Jess Tom. We had Joanne McNally reach out to us, who is a huge comic from Ireland, um, who we did not deserve. She was amazing. Sam Taggart, who his stand-up was amazing, and then did show like a song from his show Club Comic, which I think is at the Bell House coming up this month. And uh, Richard Perez, America's Sweetheart. Um, yeah, it was a great show. It was a great time. And, of course, we went to Laban after, which... Thursdays at Laban is now gay. Because On Top was, is not happening right now. Um, I think it's called Not On The List, which is hilarious, as my column is on the list. Um, and it was really fun. I was, like, very pleasantly surprised. It was a really great time. Um, music was great. A woman gave us flowers on the elevator on the way out. She gave me a full vase with water for a flower. It was really, you know, just a a nice gesture. Anyway, I want to get to um, my segment with a guest up top this episode. Um, I had texted 
Dexter Driscoll, who is an amazing pop star. If you haven't seen his videos, they're just incredible. Um, kind of horror, classic pop, like this amazing mix that is just so um, intrinsically them. And like, I talked to Dexter about, you know, Madonna, but uh, like any kind of pop culture, but most specifically the Simpson sisters. So right after we had texted about doing the podcast, I see that Jessica Simpson has released this Amazon essay. And I was confused. I thought it came out that day, but then I saw coverage of it from like three weeks ago. So I don't know. To me, this was news and it had just come out. So, you know, I got on the Audible and listen to it, which is the only way to enjoy Jessica Simpson's writing. I'm sure you can read it, but you got to hear her tell it to you. Um, and I won't spoil anything. Dexter and I really get into it, but it reads like a blind item, which I think is like really funny for her to release, um, herself. <laughs> it was just, it's, it's a great essay. She does a great job. I think it was like a really good release for her. And I love this avenue of like creativity, um, and ownership over storytelling, which I watched the Pam Anderson doc. I'll talk about that later. Um, but it was really nice to have these two works like paired together literally on the same day. Um, Dexter and I have different, um, theories on who this is about. It's called movie star. They always say they're single and, I stand firmly in my uh, belief in who it is. And actually, I, I, I wish I little, went a little harder on Dexter because I am so certain that it is who I think it is. Um, although I do respect the other theories, but I think that, that I'm correct. So I'll let you listen. Um, Dexter Driscoll has an amazing collection of music on Spotify. Make sure you check it out. All the boys want to be my girl. They have music videos that are incredible, and they host karaoke on Parkside Lounge on Thursdays, and it's so, so much fun. So follow Dexter and enjoy. Real quick, I just want to get your take on the, the canceled biopic. Oh, okay. So here's what I really was hoping for. Like, okay, longtime Madonna fan. I, of course. I, like, grew up gardening to the Immaculate Collection with my mother, like, I've been in the I've been in the trenches of Madonna fandom, which that's another podcast <laughs> yeah. for a long time. But um, the biopic, I was excited for her to announce the tour because I thought they were going to use the tour to get rabid fan footage for the biopic. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a simultaneous thing, which makes perfect sense because it's like and to also promote the movie. Not that they even need to promote the movie, but like right, and also this tour, like the. The fact that it's her first real kind of dedicated to the greatest hits tour. Yeah. Was, and the fact that it's selling out everywhere shows that like she's building goodwill with for people where like her, normally her MO is just constantly like find your trigger button and push it, push it, push it. And that's why she's so polarizing and wonderful. But now it's like, oh, I'm going to like give the people what they want. So I, I was like, I thought she was setting the stage for a great biopic reception, which still could be the case. Like, we just know that the deal was like that the project stopped with whoever they were working with. But like, maybe it'll be on HBO now. You know, there's right. Who knows? That's I'm sure anybody wants this 
Of course, project. of course. And that's what I was thinking. It's like, it was probably just like a business thing. I wanted it to be like, Madonna was like, I hate where this is going and just shut it down. But like, it probably isn't. It's and, probably just business and it's going to another production. Right. And like the rumored boot camp. Right. Like, <laughs> like what, it, this would be my ideal is that Madonna did throw a tantrum and shut it down. Pivot to a documentary on the boot camp. And then we see the movie in like two years. Absolutely. There's so many ways that it could go. I think, yeah. And all of them will... The the beauty of her is that she's such a... um, Such a a rich, polarizing archetype that regardless of how it turns out, it will be exquisite. Yes. Like, it could... It just goes that way for her, doesn't it? It's like, you know, some people are just entertaining. Yeah. And she is one of them. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Yeah, I can't wait. Justice for Madame X. Stream Fashion Stozo. Amazing. Okay, well, the, the real tea, and it was so funny. I literally just messaged you to do the pod today and what comes on my feed. But a Jessica Simpson, what's kind of hilarious to me, like, we haven't heard much about the open book pilot that's coming out, mm. although I do have a friend who has a friend, so, you know, this is, take it for what it is, but has been working on it, and they were like, she is not Britney Spears level, but, like, a little loopy, little whatever, and, like, we saw that video, that video, let me ask you this, did that video scare you, the one that went around where they were like, oh my god, just me either, I did not think it was bad, I don't think these, like, rumors that she is, like, you know, lithium treated or anything like that are true at all. I think people are really... People have been, like, so weird and cruel to her. And I think, like, her aggressive obliviousness has kept her, like, has kept her safe from some of it. But, like, it's so brutal the way people are to her. I love her so much. I don't... I wish that, um... I wish that she got her day of justice because people are still just, like, crazy. I know. And I wonder if that will happen for her. It's so funny, like, she's one of the pop stars that does actually, or celebrities in general, that really does, like, let us in. And it's like, those are the ones that get torn down even worse. Mm -hmm. When she had that swelled up foot photo. You know what I mean? She didn't have to post that. She did, because she's the people's princess. You know, like, she's, she really lets us into her imperfections in almost, I don't want to say a Julia Fox way, but, like, in a way where it's just like, this is me, I'm Southern, I'm whatever, and, like, everyone tears her apart. Yeah, and I think she also, she is willing to let people in, but she also isn't willing to humiliate herself. Like, she's happy totally. to be... She's happy to be the joke, but she's not going to, like... She's in control. She's in... She's in... She, I think she's just honest. Mm. I think, like, she's not going to be... Like, if she is... If she'll joke about her feet and be like, oh my god, my feet are so swollen. And, and like, that's a universal... Near-universal maternal experience, right. right? And she's okay with that, but she's not going to, like, I don't know, pander for relatability. Like, she's... Thousand percent. She's it's not, genuine. She's not hiding her Louis Vuitton luggage. And that's also part of what makes her the people's princess. Which yes. That's kind of is the Princess Diana cancer thing that they got going mm. on. Well, it's so funny. Yesterday, I listened to this, and I watched the Pam Anderson doc, which is a oh, whole other conversation. Yeah, it, it was really the most cancer thing I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I cannot think of a more cancer um 
piece of anything. Like she's literally like, I just want one person to love me and I love them back and I give them ever. Like it was just so like, she's like, I just need to love and take care of them. It was wild. Also the boobs so of sad. both of them. The boobs the being tits, like, yeah. it's like cancer's body part being the boobs. Like, of course. Of course, maternal. Yes, exactly. Of course. Wow, that's so funny. And yeah, there were some similarities I thought in these. I'm also just like, uh, how funny that, you know, she is truly some sort of artist where she's like, yeah, I'm not making music. I'm maybe working on this TV show, but I'm going to write short pieces for Amazon. Like right. what? I thought that was so interesting. Just like these things that she's been putting out and there's more that I haven't really read. But I mean, I listened to this on Audible as I will ingest any, everything she does on uh, Audible. Right, we will follow you. The, for her to, it felt like she, for open book, like she was personally telling me about her cousin getting killed by a stray rodeo horse. You know, it, to have her in your ears mm-hmm. reading to you is really, really something. I also think we're in this, like, Y2K revival, but people don't appreciate, like, people gloss over the her omnipresence of totally. our adolescence, oh, really. Oh, my God. Because the body glitter alone. Do you remember that little puff dessert she thing? She was our like, Kylie Jenner. Thousand percent, she was our Kylie Jenner. That's so brilliant. I have not even thought of that. She really was. Hair extensions. Did you have the hair extension? Do you know I had the hair extension? I had the short ones and the long ones. You could pretend to have short hair. It's actually a Gorgeous. brilliant product that she was making with Ken Pavis. Ken Pavis, exactly. <laughs> also, the edible body lotion. Edible every, everything. Every like everything came is with edible. Sprinkles. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I want dessert by Jessica Simpson to come back totally. in, a, in a major It way. was genius. And, you know, the remaining success of her shoe line, like she has been an amazing businesswoman. So that is to say, I, I mean, you know, I have, I have some notes. Oh, wow. I'm, I have a theory. Well, let's start at the top. I mean, when I first texted you, I was like, I had literally just started it and she was like, it was September 2001. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm in. I she's like, let's start at the very beginning. 9-11. <laughs> the perfect place to start. Sorry. Thank you. Literally. All stories post 9-11 should start at 9-11. At 9-11. If we were talking post 9-11, you better start with where you were on the day. It was, and I'm thinking this is going to be all that era. So I text you in a rabbit, like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, Dexter, it's all right before 9-11, before she gets back. It's not. It's like five minutes of that. But I was still gagged. And anytime she brings up 9-11, I am thrilled. Because as we remember from Ashley Simpson show, I did put it in there. And I could not find any concrete evidence because it was before open book. But I, it was something I knew. Like, you know, it's, it's like riding a bike. It's something that you're, or that's a bad example. But something you, you're born knowing. And I was born knowing that Nick and Jessica got back together on 9-11. And I mm-hmm. couldn't prove it. And now there's all of this proving. And I'm just thrilled every time I hear it. Absolutely vindicated. You are a scholar and you have been, the old texts have been discovered. Thank you. Thank you. It is probably in buried in the old Testament somewhere. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Along with the Michael Jackson, nine 11 road trip, which that's my other (laughs) favorite. Michael Jackson. Who is it? Elizabeth Taylor. Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. Like David Robert De Niro or something like, I think Robert De Niro. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But like, it was like a four door sedan, and like that was enough. Yes. And then they were just like going and like Driving going to dry, like, rest yeah. areas and like 
drinking Yoo-Hoo. <laughs> like, all on a road trip to get back to L.A. because they can't fly because it's 9-11. Every celebrity was in New York. Right. Every celebrity. What does that say? Well, because Michael Jackson was having his anniversary concert. The anniversary thing. Because the, the Britney, uh, Michael, The Way You Make Me Feel was yep. like the week or no days before 9-11. Yeah. As was Slave for You. And that's what was I was gagging about this. The 2001 VMAs is the Slave for You. Right. So that's insane. It's also Fashion Week. <laughs> it was just wow. Could talk yeah. about this for days. We could talk could about really 9 11. Will we have our 9 11 admiration podcast? It's not even an episode. It's not even. I love 9 11. Tell me about your 9 11. Yeah. Instead of I love the 70s, we have I love 9 11. Oh, God. We're both banned from We're New York. Bo- yeah, no, no, but actually, I think they would love it. It's more of an appreciation. Right. I, I mean, truly, like, I anytime someone tells me, I, oh, my God, I just, anytime. You're like Larry King. Where were you on 9-11? Literally. <laughs> literally. That is where I am. And I, I will cry. I will weep with you. I, it is no disrespect. I just want to know. I just want to know. I just, I, I had a really good one um, recently from a friend who took a long time to tell me it. I was just tears streaming. I was like, really? wow, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's sick. It's sick and twisted. I can't help it. Okay. So the the whole piece, if you haven't read it and you don't want to read it, this is for you. I don't think you can read it. I think you have to listen to it. That's what I thought. But then someone was saying they read it and I saw text of it. So I think you can read oh, it. Okay. But I don't know where you read it. Maybe it's like a Kindle only thing. You know how Amazon is. Right. I don't know, but I listened to it on Audible. And honestly, if you want my password, DM me. I'll give it to you. Um, it's called Movie Star. They always say they're single. I, you know, that's the title. That's nice. That's Thank nice. I, I'm yeah. sold immediately. So she starts just kind of like at this VMA's after party. It's J-Lo hosting. She's very out of place. Her Motorola keeps going off. She's calling and texting with... Two boy banders, one in sync, one Backstreet Boys. I think obviously she talks about you know pouring water, and also let's just say this is not necessarily an essay; it is a blind item. It is not like a, a work of literature per se, though it is, but it is a full blind item. I believe Jessica, <laughs> but everything we say is alleged. I agree. Yeah. I let's not get sued. Let's <laughs> say alleged. Let's say alleged. But yeah, but I take women. Jessica. Believe women. Absolutely believe women. So d- the Backstreet Boys, obviously Nick Carter. She talks about him like pouring water on, and then the guy from Insync is living in his car by choice. Right. Who do you think that was? J C. Shazak. J C. That's what I thought too. Which who is your fave of the two of the band? Not of you not, know, not which is your fave band? Do you have who is your fave? Justin member was of my Justin Just, was it for J. me. J T. Wow. Yeah, and like. Did you have a favorite Backstreet or no? Backstreet, I actually kind of like found AJ charming, which is fucked AJ's up. AJ's so hot. Yeah, yeah. He is objectively the hot. No, I thought Kevin's so too. Kevin is really the classically handsome one of them. Yeah. Like I was not falling for Nick Carter's bullshit, even as a fifth grader. I thought, no, it's no, very no. It's chaotic. Chaotic and like, you're going to be mean to me at any second. That's kind of how I felt about him. Yeah. Like I felt like he was like a bully boyfriend. I think he's probably the reason I don't like blonde men. Mm, fair. Yeah. Mm. And that counts. And Brian, it was like, who are you? Yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's what I thought too, it was JC. It could have been any of them, given this, you know, Lou Perlman. Um 
<laughs> okay, so you, uh, the, the story just starts there as that's where she meets the movie star. She does give dates where it's like, you can look back. And I did have some help on TikTok and, um, God, what's it called? What Kate found or something, Instagram, I was referred to. So I had an idea of who I thought this was about. And it was confirmed by these sources. But you have a different one. Should we say, should we go through first? Or should we start with who we think it is? Let's let's start with who we think it is, okay. and then we'll we'll each argue our point. Okay, great. Okay, on the count of three, we say who we think it is. All right, one, two, three. Jared Mark Leto. Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe this is me wanting it to be Mark Wahlberg because I was like, how perfect would it be that I have Dexter on the pod? It's about Jessica Simpson, and then we're talking Catholicism. Like it is just too perfect, but. Mark Wahlberg, but it's like with the whole spiritual advisor thing. I have a rebuttal to that. Okay. Let's get into it. Okay, let's, let's, let's get into it. Okay, so. The court is officially the open. First, the first thing that she describes is at the VMAs, he's wearing a t-shirt and jeans. So. Classic Mark Wahlberg. Classic Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> first of all. And. Also classic 2001. Classic 2001, but there weren't a ton of like. These girls were doing the digging. Am I going to actually take my time to research and like go through Getty images? Probably not. But that's why I really appreciate TikTok and these absolute freaks. But geniuses who are willing to do that. Love you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. So first of all, she says she's had a crush on him for most of her childhood. Which I do think that's so... Jared Leto's how old? I feel like they're more the same age, No. This is easily findable information. But Mark Wahlberg has that. Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark, you know, whatever. Also, her bodyguard knows him immediately. And they give each other a little hand hug thing. And it's a bodyguard, like, trainer guy. So I was like, okay, that would be someone who Mark Wahlberg would probably be friends with. Jared Leto is 51. Okay. And Jess is, what, 40-something? And he was in, like, How to Make an American Quilt. That was his first movie in 1995. Okay. So it's possible. All right, so possible. Possible. I'll, I'll buy. Oh, and he was in My So-Called Life. Of course. Right, oh, duh. Claire Danes. Claire Danes. I know. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing, and this was, I thought, very you. The next time they run into each other, it's at the gym, which would make sense with Mark Wahlberg. And then she goes, you should be in my music video. <laughs> no, there's like... I was like, that is so Dexter. Totally... That is so Dexter. I'm obsessed. I love her all... all like, I... I think what I love so much about Jessica Simpson is just like... every Everything about her, like, she's totally... She's very ambitious, but it's totally from a very sincere, like, innocent place yes. where she's not trying, like, she wants Dare to... Dare I say naive. She wants to, she does definitely wants what you have, but also isn't going to be like, I am going to burn down the earth to get what you oh, have. Oh, no. It's like, she's like, all, it'll just come to me. We can yeah. all help each other. And right. like, I love her so much for that. There's, there's no shame. Absolutely. In the and best way. if you listen to Open Book... listen like I'm like it's not even possible to read it if you read or listen to open book that is very like that's been her mindset from childhood and it has worked out for her from childhood she was like yeah I have to financially support my family and yeah I'll do it you know what I mean like it's all pretty easy I mean not that there haven't been a lot of setbacks for her Mickey Mouse Club whatever all of it but she's always kind of like had enough she's almost like 
<laughs> not like our socialist pop star, but like in a sense where she's just kind of like, I don't need to be like the top person. I'm the, there's always going to be Brittany and Christina, but I have enough and I, you know, have a beautiful life and, and whatever. She's optimistic and not jealous. That, and you know what, when you said that sentence where you were like, she's asking us like, is she self-assured or is she, what did you say? Naive. It is like uh, absent-minded or self-assured. Absent-minded or self-assured. I was like a little bit of both, but also optimistic. Like she has enough self-assurance where she's still tentative. And you can hear that in this where she's like, I didn't know how to be single, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, she's like, I'm fine. Like she's not spiraling. She's not unable to take care of herself. And I think that if she didn't have like her like weird Christian background. And I'm only saying weird just because... I'm not familiar with it. I don't know. She seems very well adjusted and happy. Yeah. I feel like she wouldn't even be aware that evil existed in the world. Totally. If someone, if her dad wasn't like preaching, being like the devil's out there, she would probably be able to be taken for a ride by anybody. But she, she's like, oh, well it does exist. Right. Right. And like, I think that she has her ways of just staving it off and it kind of works. Yeah. She is that girl. (sighs) Yeah. It really it really blows my mind. So that interaction, she essentially meets him at the VMAs, then runs into him at the gym. Then it's 9-11. And then we fast forward to she says, I got divorced in 2006. And this is where people got kind of thrown off because they were like, okay, is all of this story in 2006? But I think it is probably 2007. She also does not look or say anything about John Mayer. Right. And John Mayer, I think, is interspersed in this era or probably like 10 minutes after this story ends, she meets John Mayer. Right. So I think she's kind of trying to give this like, I was single and I really found myself and discovered myself. And like she did, not taking away from that. But she was tortured by this John Mayer affair throughout the entire time, which is annoying for her. I'm always annoyed with the job. I, although I'm sure it was so hot and they had so much fun. It's probably really... Just very sexy and fun. But he's a night... He's just such a fucking nightmare. He, yeah, he's not, Ugh, someone you, he's not someone to date. No. He's someone to have a really fun night with, though. Yeah, for sure. But I also could see it being hard to cut off. Yeah. Okay, so she is out, which I think she's talking literally public affair era, which is like, you know, my dream. Beautiful. Eva Longoria. <laughs> Roller, Roller skating. <laughs> This is Christina Applegate. Yes, she literally talks about like there was Andy a bunch Dick. of us girls <laughs> who were who would go out to Chateau Marmont and like hang out, and I'm just like, what a fucking ragtag team of like the most random but fun bitches in Hollywood, but like also like not it's not the Lindsay Lohan Paris Hilton we're doing coke and like whatever. Like this is like probably the most wholesome group of girls that existed in Hollywood. Absolutely. Like, it's yeah, beautiful. It is. It is. It's uh, not boring, but I'm almost like, I feel like I would be in that group and I'd be like, who are we doing drugs? What's going on? Like, I would be like the bad girl in right. that scenario. I would seriously be <laughs> Which, like, whenever I'm in, are we going to the bathroom or what? Like, <laughs> and I'm always Jessica Simpson in the group, wherever, like, when everyone is out, like, doing K, and I'm just like, this is a nice song. I love this song. <laughs> I'm definitely the Jessica Simpson of the party I love it. I think I could definitely um, vibe with them. But yeah, I think I would be the bad girl. So there's some situation where like someone puts him on the phone. He's like, oh, someone's been after you for years. And this is, you know, a solid five years later. And he, the movie star gets on the phone. 
And Jessica Simpson is like, oh, that voice, which to me is very Mark Wahlberg. What is his the I accent? Can, I couldn't even Darlene, yeah, it's it's a little Boston. It's deep. you know I'm immune to it because it's Boston. I can't. I think hear you are. It. I, I think you I are. I literally I like, don't. Hear I think it. this is you're having a me moment where I'm like, what are you talking? Like where something is so obvious right in front of your face, but you can't see it because it's too close. Right. Exactly. I'm like he just sounds like my gym teacher. I feel like Mark Wahlberg is like your brother. In a weird way. No, he is literally... No, he, you know who he is? Okay, so at my high school, there was a police officer who got, like... Our first, first of all, did your high school have a police officer? No. We, <laughs> public schools across America... should have. Public schools across America have police officers. It's really gross. Yeah. But anyway, so our cop... Maybe we did. I don't know. Our cop got busted for, like, banging, girl, like, freshman oh, girls. Oh, God. And that... Of course. That is the vibe that he gives me. Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, Mark Wahlberg, I should actually have said this right off the bat. Mark Wahlberg is one of my, like, national enemies. Oh, enemy of the state number one. Like, from the set, like, if I met him in person, I would probably be tempted to punch him in the face. I just think he, we'll talk about 9-11. He says he would have single-handedly stopped 9-11 if he was on the plane, which to me is a, I don't know why that makes me so angry. But I'm, I'm like, don't interfere with my narrative. Like, don't you dare. Don't you dare interfere. Like, not that I want 9-11 to happen by any means. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm like, don't you think that you can change this? This was fate. (laughs) No, I'm not saying it was fate. I'm just saying, don't you think so highly of yourself that you would have stopped 9-11? It's insane. He also has, like, weird things about, like... His whole, like, Mel Gibson shit. The Mel Gibson shit. And aggressive racism, violent racism. Yeah, about, against... Vietnamese people. Right. There's been multiple attacks. Like, he's just, like, an absolute piece of shit. And, um... Oh, I had one more point about why I hate him. Whatever. Oh, he has one of these, like, men's rights activist uh, kind of approaches to jerking off. Where it's like, oh, you can't jerk off yourself. Like, you have to, like, have a woman do it. Whatever. You know, you, there, there's, like, what? those rules. Yeah, I've you know, never heard of this in yeah, my life. Men, they have rules where they're, like... Ejaculating at your own like hand can only be done like a certain amount of time. This is like men's rights, people. Like you have to like have it done by a woman. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just remember reading that line, and that's something that he says. He's like, "Oh, I don't jerk off. Like I don't want neither here nor there. This is not. I a, can't. The I don't dogma, give him any airtime. The dogma of slapping the ham. My God. I, <laughs> <laughs> the dogma of slapping the ham. Oh my God, you're so funny. So. The next thing that happens is she's pre-award show helping him get into his tux. She agrees to go to the Beverly Hills Hotel and help him get in the tux. This, to me, was very Irish Catholic. She's like, oh my God, my friend's having a baby. I'm going to be the godmother. And he's like, how many babies do you want? Blah, blah, blah. To me, that is the most Irish Catholic way to like hit on a woman. I'm going to give you babies. Okay, that's one thing. <laughs> then she sees him on the red carpet with a girlfriend. She's like, what the fuck? He's like, no, 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 I'm single. We just have to keep up appearances. She's like, okay, whatever. Her friend is having that baby. He orders her a hotel room in Cedar sinai He's like preparing for this baby in such like a super involved way. He's like obsessed with her being a godmother, which to me says, again, Irish Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, mama's boy, whatever. Um... He does have the spiritual advisor, like you said. She says, we're religious, but we have a different faiths. To me, that's Catholicism. 
and whatever. What is she? Protestant or something? I don't know. I think she, I want, she's probably like Baptist. a Southern Baptist kind of thing. Yeah. But there's a lot of different yeah. brands of that. So I did think, I was like, I don't think that, you know, this Boston guy is going to have this spiritual whatever. But he does have, I looked up Mark Wahlberg's spiritual advisor. A spiritual person. They didn't say the word advisor, but Father Flavin is someone who he's always in touch with. Have you heard about this guy? No, but I'm like, that's the, maybe, you know what? I could see Jessica saying spiritual advisor instead of priest Priest. because that would give it away. Well, and what really made me think it was Mark Wahlberg is when he says, I've talked to my advisor. I want to have sex with you so bad, but it makes me want to repent. Who is saying repent in Hollywood? Who is saying repent right. besides Mark Wahlberg? I don't know. I think I don't know enough about Jared Leto to be like, oh, it's definitely not him. But to me, I was like, that feels very um, Boston. It then, feel, yeah. you know, that was like, you know. I see the vision. Yeah. And I don't know. I thought I was also like, oh, my God, that's so Dexter. I'm like, I the word, saying the word repent, saying the word repent in a podcast. I was like, well, thank God it's Dexter. Thank God it's me. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's so wild because I'm like, I can't I'm I'm I really want to see. Mark Wahlberg wore a black T-shirt mm-hmm. to the VMAs, but that doesn't mean he didn't change. True. True. Um, and then. Leto wore like a button down shirt to the VMAs, which okay. also doesn't mean he. Oh, wait, right. that doesn't. I don't think that's 2001. Doesn't we. I don't. Okay, so. I mean. We're not seeing the outfit, we're seeing, but I'm like, the thing with Jared Leto with the spiritual advisor thing. That does track for Jared it Leto. It definitely tracks, and it's like, would make sense that he. Because the other thing about Catholicism is like. You don't do any other little spiritual business. Like, uh, uh, ideally, no, but also you don't, you can't just get permission from a priest to sin. You could. That is true. You could get, you could sin and then be like, and I, I didn't want to do this. Right. I, I meant, or like, I did want to do you this and it was a sin. You can ask for forgiveness, not you can permission. Ask, exactly. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. get, you don't get preordained permission to sin. And he was like, I'll get you, I'll get this, this, my advisor on the phone and say that we can bang. Right. Right. That tracks. That I don't know Father Flavin, and I don't know if he would do that. But yeah, generally Catholicism, that is not. That but is also, not like, Wahlberg is, like, friends with Mel Gibson and did that weird, like, Christian movie, like, a year ago. Mm-hmm. And Mel Gibson is, I think he's, like, an extreme like, Catholic. Thing. Here's like, the it's thing. It's, like, a weird, like, radical thing. I, with these guys, who say they're going to stop 9-11, who say they're not going to jerk <laughs> off, you know, these types... They're going to find loopholes in any way. Like, they're not in Catholicism to be by the book. They still want it by their terms. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that his spiritual advisor, even if he was a full-blown Catholic priest, is still, like, a yes man, is still telling him what he wants to hear, even though it is, like, under the guise of we are being Catholic. Like, I'm sure it's still... Because there's no way... Just in general, even if it's not Jessica Simpson, there's no chance that Mark Wahlberg's not fucking around. 100%. So I think he's probably, you know, I also, the spiritual advisor that tells him it's okay to fuck up. I also wonder if, like, the don't... When he was like, I'm going... I'll have to repent. I'm looking at people's signs right now, so I'm okay. sorry. I'm on my phone. No, please. Go for it. I was thinking, what if he was saying we... 
I would need to repent. I, I feel like they were going to saying that thinking that she would find it attractive that he thought sex was sinful mm. because that's also like, I thought that was a move. Maybe, maybe I'm not opposed to that, which could be, but either. I don't think that's like, obviously you just don't know Jessica Simpson. Cause I don't think right. that would be appealing to her at all. At least not consciously. Right. Like she would not, I don't think she's like, I want the bad, but she's cancer. She's like, let's be, let's spill our guts. Let's and be like, human. Yes. Yeah. Let's be messy. Totally. It's Which Mark that. Wahlberg is Gemini. <sighs> okay. And Jared Leto is, is Capricorn. Okay. Which both are capable of extreme evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And also and both, both are... both seem are, to be... And both are kryptonite to a cancer. Yeah, totally. Wow. Okay, okay, good argument for both. This is when I think it really starts giving entourage. And, uh, <laughs> oh, right. Therefore, I've, yeah, okay, yeah. Which I've in. never seen an episode, strap by in. the way. Oh, really? Okay, well, I'm due for a rewatch. Maybe we should... Maybe, well, yeah, well, I, I would start that journey with you. She can YC rewatch. She can YC entourage. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he's doing a movie on the East Coast... And it depends on what year you think it is, depending on what movie this is. There's two options. It could be either, of course, The Departed. If she says they're filming in Boston, the jig's up, we know. Or it could be The Happening, M. Night Shyamalan. Because she goes, the director is someone that even someone who doesn't know movies would know. Right. Both of those directors, Mario Scorsese or Shyamalan, would, you know, whatever. Um, and The Happening filmed in Philadelphia. So either of those match... Of course, I want it to be The Departed. I think that just makes the story so beautiful. And I know, what a film. What a film. What a film. <laughs> she can only see The Departed view. Oh my God. Actually, we'll go to Boston and we'll I would watch love it that. Yeah. We should host a filming. Uh, everyone in Boston would be like, shut up. Here, I feel like people would love it. Um, but they fly out on the private jet. And I love how she described them. I didn't write it down, but it was like, they had like, you know, baggy clothes, baggy jeans, baggy t-shirts, and really nice sneakers. <laughs> I was just like... This is Entourage. Mm-hmm. This is Mark Wahlberg and his boys on the plane. They're all shocked to see her. The, when we say, what do we say, self-assured or naive, like, this was all very naive to me. The getting flown out and whatever, like, but I love it. I think that's her optimism. And, like, she's, what, 25, 26 in this? Like, sure, of course, like, take that chance. But th- this is all, to me, very optimistic, it's- naive, Jess. Right, especially after you've been, had been through, like, three or four album release promo cycles mm-hmm. and, like, seen, like, the most evil people on planet Earth. Totally, yeah. Yeah. It's funny that that hasn't, like, broken her yet into Incredible. becoming, like, a little bit bitter. And I feel like even now, She's, like, oh, this is proof. so much, yeah. That put, her putting this out is proof that she has not become bitter and... In any way. Yeah. It's really... It's, it's actually gorgeous. Yeah. So, yeah, there's separate <laughs> cars... There's, you know, whatever. They have this whole falling out where, you know, he has a penthouse and she's in a different room. Rose petals and everything, which is nice. And I feel like Mark Wahlberg would do that. And I don't think he would do that. Really? Well, yeah. I think he would, he would tell us. I think he'd tell somebody to make it look nice. Make yeah. it look, whatever. Um, then he's like, why aren't we having sex? And she's like, um, I don't know. You, I haven't seen you all day and whatever. And she's like, his eyes said everything. And I was like, that's. Jessica Simpson in a nutshell like his eyes said all I needed to know but it took us years <laughs> a, a girlfriend on the red carpet 
separate cars. Her walking on the fire escape to get to the hotel room. Didn't mention that. All of this. And then mm-hmm. she had to look in his eyes and see that he had a girlfriend. Like, not uh, a yeah. second before. There's no Not other a second signs, before. Right. So, the commitment so to the fantasy endearing. is so real. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think that is why... I think that's honestly why she was so successful. Is she brought us into the fantasy right. so hard. Because you, you're releasing a line of edible cosmetics... And we know your husband. Like, we know your hot, sexy marriage. Like, that is just, it's so, the fantasy is so complete with her. Absolutely. Yeah. And from every angle. From every angle. Yeah. Yeah. Every little girl angle. Yep. So, yeah, she drives, she calls her friend who lives in the area, which also to me says Philadelphia more so than Boston. And she's like, you want to drive to New York? Let's do it. And they jump in her shitty car and go to New York. And that's the end of the story. I do think that this is kind of the crazy part where I was like, oh, maybe it's not Mark Wahlberg. But if it's a year later, it's fine. So at the, I don't know if it was the Oscars or what, in 2006, Mark Wahlberg's wife was pregnant. They weren't married yet at the time, but I think it was his second child. And I don't see Jessica Simpson making that choice. If she sees a pregnant significant other, all bets are off. Well, she's very into girl code. Very into girl code, as she says. As she says, right. Hands off. That was a fun little aside. Also, there was no baby mentioned. Oh. Wait, the baby mentioned. Oh, the we talked about. the second baby with the wife. That's true. There was no, like... There was no babies mentioned at all. Right. And so in 2007, at the Emmys... I feel like she would be very weird if she knew that this person had had kids. Maybe. Maybe. But I think that if she's in the fantasy... I think think it's possible, yeah. Because in 2007, he was at the Emmys with his girlfriend, not pregnant, in a tux. And that makes sense. And that would make it the happening. Also, Jessica has a cameo in Entourage. (laughs) <laughs> which I thought was That's so gorgeous. Good. And there is a storyline where Vince dates a singer. Not that it would have to be just because but you know what I mean. Yeah. There's, there's some signs. There's some signs. I don't know. I'm pretty sold on it being Marky. I think, like, just her loving Marky Mark, and then, like, you're going to put up some blinders to the situation. Like, I think it has to be a person who she was, like, super obsessed with. <laughs> this is my buzzer. Rude. And... To make it, like, I will accept these terms. I still think it's Jared. Okay, give because, me your... Give me your cell. Okay, I saw this on People, People's Archives, okay. June 14th, 2006. There are... I did look it up after you said Jared in text. I was like, okay. There are a lot of articles where they were seen together in 2006. And I also think that the Capricorn cancer connection is so strong mm, okay. that like I think Mark Wahlberg Gemini will be into the like the flirting and the chase and the everything but also like if I, I don't yeah I, but I, they do not have sex and it they, is five years of like pining and chasing right and I don't think maybe I'm wrong I don't think a Gemini man has that kind of attention span. That's true. But I think a Capricorn would love... Set the project and... Sets yeah. the project into motion and is like, I have complete control and it's like, this is really hot. And a Cancer is like, isn't that really hot? This man is in complete control. Okay. 
And I'm I, not opposed to that. And also, there is like a People magazine article. There's right, so but in. that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, and also it references that the that Lindsay Lohan might not be happy with her. Right, and it was like, and it was like. It would make sense if they were, like, if she was, like, don't you have this girlfriend or whatever, you know? Right. <laughs> would Jessica be scared of Lindsay Lohan? I think in a wholesome girl at the I kind of way, think yes. I think at Chateau Marmont she would be. I think so, too. Yeah. Lindsay runs Chateau. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying no, to Jared Leto fully, but I think that there's too much of a paper trail with Jared Leto. I don't know that Jessica, and I think she purposely kind of like mixed us up with the timeline a little bit, saying 2006 when it was probably later to avoid, because she's very meticulous when she's giving a timeline, and she's not meticulous at this point in this story. I think that like there being the articles almost makes it too obvious but there being the articles also makes it feasible. Right. I think, I don't, th- I think that, um, yeah, I still stand by Jared Leto. I don't right. think that Mark Wahlberg has the um, stamina nor intellect <laughs> to pull off this whole endeavor. He could have stopped 9-11. He could have but stopped he would. But he couldn't chase Jessica for exactly. six years. But okay. where, where do we hope this story is going? What are the consequences of Jessica Simpson's foray into short stories? What are we... That's a great question. I hope there's more. I think that, like, of the, like... Of the aging pop star art form, mm-hmm. this is a great route for her. She has a lot of stories. She's coherent enough... <laughs> seemingly very coherent and not so damaged that it's sad, which is impressive because she talks, you know, throughout the beginning where she's like, I, they told me to get down to 102 pounds. The record label is controlling this and this, like she can tell these war stories from the point of I survived and I thrived and here are my, here's my hot husband and my gorgeous kids also, and my I've, shoe line that is I've making like, millions. I've like, maintained and forgiven my support system for all the atrocities that, that we've been through The together. fact that her family is still intact. Is crazy. Crazy and it almost gives me goosebumps. It's remarkable, yeah. It's truly, after Joe Simpson coming out, Tina just being game, like for Tina to not lose it entirely throughout all of this is so speaks to so much and why the girls are both so well-adjusted. Because both of them have been through so much. Think about what both daughters have gone through. Exactly. And for that not to break you, to still be a support system to them. Incredible. And Ashley marrying into the Diana Ross dynasty. It's just, it's all incredible. I do hope that this Jessica, like, she becomes Jackie Collins and just starts, like, writing (laughs) fiction after book after book. And it'll be, like, The Truth About Diamonds. Remember The Truth About Diamonds? No. Nicole Richie wrote a fictional account of, like, a socialite in Hollywood. And I feel like that that. could be Jessica Simpson's thing where she just starts writing, like... I love that. Fiction. But it's, like, all rooted in, like, stuff that she's seen and, like, has experienced. I mean, how heavily ghostwritten do you think these are? I don't think they're that. Okay. Happily goes for Just like the way that Pam, Pamela was like, people said I couldn't write a book, but like I knew I could. Right. And I feel like maybe like, maybe she just like dictates and things are edited down. Mm-hmm. But I feel, I you can hear her voice so clearly in a way that I don't think 
you'd have to have, I mean, she can afford the most excellent ghostwriter to, to pull but that off. But it is very her voice. But it's very her in a yeah. way that I believe that it's her. I love that. Wow. Well, thank you. This was truly enlightening. And why don't, yeah, I'll set a, I'll set a call to action for the audience. Who do you think it is? Is it, or is there someone even that we haven't even covered? Some people said McConaughey. I think it's like. I think, well, he's no. the, he's the he's guy. He's the Southern he's one. He's the Southern one. There's yeah. one other guy mentioned who it's, you know, he's a Southern accent that's faked because he just did a movie where he had a Southern accent or whatever. To me, that was obviously McConaughey. Totally. Yeah. Who knows? Write in, DM, let us know what you think. And thank you, Dexter. Thank you Always for a pleasure. Me. Oh my God, an honor. Chic. So I watched Love Pamela, the Pamela Anderson documentary on Netflix. I didn't watch it like through this lens, but I was glad to hear that her sons produced it. I think after like all of these Britney Spears documentaries that came out without her permission, in addition to the Pam and Tommy show on Hulu that was without her permission, it's nice to like have a documentary that is honest. You know, they brought up the Julian Assange stuff. Um, But, you know, that she wants out there. I think that's like refreshing to have someone say like, yes, here's an intimate look at my story and you have permission. Which is so funny because so much of her life had been literally taken without permission. It just, it made me very, it made me sad for like a lot of reasons, but it's just crazy how like a person who has survived abuse ends up experiencing like the most public mass violation and I know it's happened to other people before but I think this was by far the biggest I mean people forget that like people got the internet to download and watch the Pam and Tommy sex tape it was like a a phenomenon and I believe destroyed a marriage like I'm watching this thinking okay this is a woman who survived like actual physical abuse psychological mass humiliation abuse from the sex tape leaking. She's fucking heartbroken because her marriage fell apart. And I'm not saying it was just because of that. It could, you know, easily could have been doomed. But she had this gorgeous, fun, passionate, crazy relationship that I think ultimately she was punished for. And that really made me think of Julia Fox in the sense that, you know, both of them kind of had careers going at this point. They get in this very public relationship. And then the industry doesn't really want to touch you because of that. And then you're turned into this kind of, like, caricature and not taken as seriously. Which is bullshit. Because, you know, especially in Julia Fox's case, it was kind of the the male's behavior that whatever point being culture does not know what to do with these women except give them these like tragic narratives and it's hard to to watch and accept that because it it feels like as a culture it's it's the behavior of an abusive man essentially it's like when we can't control the fantasy when we can't like 
when we feel threatened because they're in control or whatever, it's like we act out in this insane way and, you know, tear everyone down. It's nothing new, but it's just really insane that we can't, like, accept someone containing multitudes and being in charge of their own body and their own experience without and just giving them tragic narratives. It's really crazy. And Britney Spears, I guess, deleted it, but had this Instagram post, you know, in support of her and said some really nice things. Pamela gave me an understanding that people should support you exactly where you are in that moment of your life unless cruelty rules the world. Fuck. I mean, this has to be particularly crazy for Britney, too, seeing, like, her sons, Pam's sons, do this for her and stand up for their mom when I think Britney probably feels a bit betrayed. Granted, her sons are younger. They're teenagers. Pam's are, I think, like, mid-20s. Which I didn't know Brandon Thomas Lee was on The New Hills Show. Interesting. I mean, I think, yeah, that shows, like, a lot of maturity, and it really shows the kind of mother she was. I mean, like I said, this was so cancer. Like, multiple times she's like, I just want to love one person and for them to love me and just give them everything. And it's just, like, this, like, desire to nurture and care. And it seems like she is finally doing that for herself. And I think that this all was a huge part of it. And I was really touched by how, like, Chicago being Roxy really, like, saved her. It was, like, this gauntlet that she did, like, for herself. And I thought that was just amazing. So, I don't know. I know none of this is groundbreaking. It's it's just a sad, like, story to me. And I also don't like that she's so punished for her honesty. I love it about her because, like, obviously, you know, and she was just interviewed in interview magazine by um Ronan Farrow and she still kind of can't help herself she says some kind of controversial shit about like the kind of feminism that she grew up in which is you know kind of takes two to tango type things if you go in a hotel room whatever and I don't know again I just find it funny that like it's so Canadian it's so upfront it's just yeah, yeah, that's the kind of thing I, I grew up with. My mom told me that, uh, don't you know, if you go in the hotel room, uh, at least get the jab or whatever she says. But it's like so many people are media trained to, like, know not to say that. And she's just so pure. <laughs> she can't help herself. I don't know. I think she's a treasure. I think she's so bookable. She could play any kind of mother on any kind of sitcom and, like, I think hopefully this tones down the caricature of the image that she's had, which also I love, like, she kind of takes responsibility for in a sense. I don't even think she needs to. She's like, I created this, you know, character that fed the monster or whatever. I don't necessarily think that's the case. And she even says, she's like, I'm not expecting or demanding respect or people to like think highly of me she's like I just want to share and heal like I think it is a genuine healing journey that um is really I don't know beautiful to watch and yeah I don't know I feel 
I feel a little hopeful for her and also just, like, really sad. Because I think (laughs) the way she talked about her marriage was so candid and sweet where she was just like, nothing has felt as good as this crazy-ass relationship that I had. And she said, like, I don't think I want to be with anyone else unless it's the father of my children, and I don't think I can be with him. And also she did that to break a cycle of abuse that had gone on in her family for years. Her father abused her mother. I'm sure it was going on before that. And the second it happened in her marriage, she was out. That's You have to respect that. And uh, she's been paying for it. Anyway, I'm rambling. It's a great documentary. And um, if you're making a TV show, put Pam in it. I don't even want to spend much time talking about Real Housewives of Potomac and what came out this week um, about Robin Dixon from her own podcast admitted that she knew that Juan had had some type of affair with a woman. She found Instagram receipts of it and she knew the entire time, the entire season. And she says on her podcast she was kind of waiting for someone to bring it up and it's simply not doing your job. Your job is to be a housewife. Your job is to be an open book and let the world in on your life. And if she was doing her job, she would have either brought it up, which would have been a great move. She would have had an actual storyline instead of this week, I'm getting married, but I obviously don't want to vibe, which now we kind of have an answer for. And then... This whole, you know, Mexico blow-up situation, like, everything reads entirely differently now that we know that (laughs) this entire time she knew. And she still doesn't own up to it, even after things are brought up in Mexico. It it just makes me so angry. And Candace had some really good uh, tweets responding to it. It's just not telling the whole story. And that is your job. Your job is to tell the whole story. And that's it. Even further, though, it almost gives this weird precedent of housewives making their own rules. Because there are rumors that, like, she and Giselle and other girls got together and were like, okay, we're going to keep this off of the show. And also, you've made now the reunion almost irrelevant because it probably isn't brought up, we can assume. I think it's already been filmed. There's no accuracy to any of the discussions without all of this information not to mention if you want the full story sign up for our patreon she's making her own money separately from bravo from that i don't know it just seems like there's a breach of ethics and that could spin out of control if other housewives start doing that so i'm not saying like fire robin but like i don't know maybe some action needs to be taken i don't know it seems It seems wrong. I've never been a Robin fan in the first place, but that doesn't seem like a precedent that should be encouraged. That's for sure. Miami continues to be the highlight, and I think the reunion will be great. Everyone looked (laughs) phenomenal in those pictures. Oh my God. I mean, FaceTime was was working, but it was, everyone's outfits are amazing. (sighs) Well, that's about it. I'm so excited to go to LA. If you're going to be in LA... I hope I see you and um, excited to give you the update for after that. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Love you.